Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Hey, good morning. Good morning. It's great to see each and every one of you. As that song said, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be sad, like I'm going to be really down, and I'm going to have a pity party, right, because maybe you're a Cowboys fan and the Seahawks won, right? No, no matter what the circumstances are, we get to come in today and worship the king of the universe, the one who created the heavens and the earth and the, and the stars and the moon and everything that we see. And that's really good news, right? And so I'm so, so thankful for that. I'm also thankful that, like, I think of that a lot. Is like, like when Jesus, the angel come and said, said um, I got great news for you. Like, Jesus is going to come hang out with you 33 years and disappear, and then you're on your own again. No. Is it said, you know what? Emmanuel, God with us. He's here. And so that's the gospel. That's the great news. No matter where you're at, what you're going through, what it feels like, we have the king of the universe who says, you know what, I've got good news for you. It's like, I'm here. I'm here for you right here, right now, and I want to be in your life and be in you and, and just do a great work in you. And so um, it's awesome to um, see each and every one of you guys here. Um, Nima, welcome. Is it Nima or Nima? I never can say it. I'm a cowboy. Uh, <laughs> Nama, Nama, say the Nama right. I gotta like put things right. So, so welcome. It's great to have each and every one of you, Pastor George, Pastor Philip, and um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your peace and your grace and your goodness and just your faithfulness, Father. Thank you for both of these churches and for for just the impact that you've made in the community and that you're making not just in the community but in individual lives. And so we just thank you for that. Thank you for the opportunity to celebrate you and celebrate your sons. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was trying to figure out trying to figure out what, what to preach. And sometimes you just got trust, right? Sometimes you just got to trust God. Like this last week we've been babysitting two dogs. Uh, my wife works with the, with the vet, and so one of her one of the techs was gone, and so they left these two dogs, and one of them's name is Gracie. And Gracie's like she's full of life, right, and just all lovey and dovey. And then we got this one dog; his name's Potato, <laughs> right? And you can guess what Potato looks like because his name's Potato. I seen a picture of him. And I thought, oh, he's so ugly. He's cute, right? He's got no teeth except the teeth on the front front right here. But he comes and he looks at you and he's just so sweet and he's like so adorable and he's just so cute. And so, so he's so funny because you'll go and you'll pick him up and I'd be looking at him. I was like, man, I was like, like Mr. Potato Head. I called him Mr. Potato Head. Anybody have ever one of those toys? Like here in America, we used to have these toys called Mr. Potato Head and you could put ears on him. And so sometimes I like to put ears on people too because they don't listen too well, right? <laughs> But um, so they got, um, I call him Mr. Potato Head. And I was like, Mr. Potato Head, you're so special. You're so sweet. And I'd pet him and he just falls over into my arms. 
and just lays there and just like, oh, I'm loved. And he'd do it every time. And there was a trust in him that, like, he didn't really know me a lot, but he knew that I had a heart for him. He knew that I'd seen the greatness in him. He may not be perfect, but he looked perfect to me. And when I was saying, you know what, I see the goodness in you. I see the specialness in you. And do you know what he did? Just leaned over. He said, I can trust this guy. I can trust his heart. I can trust who he is in and through and for me. I know he's going to take care of me. I know he's not going to eat me. Right? So like animals, they got the fight or flight. That's what should separate us as people. But we have that same instinct. Are we walking in the flesh? We're looking at fight or flight. Right? Are we going to fight you or are we going to run? Rather than are we going to love? And that's who God is. He's a God of love. And he's a God of peace. And he's a God of hope. And he's not just here here to, you know, just on accident, but you're here on purpose, whether you realize it or not. And he's got a message for you, and that message is that he loves you. We've been studying um, about um, King Saul and talking about King David. And what was really funny is you have the Israelites, and they had just gotten out of slavery. they just gotten out of all this thing, got this great history, they're going and, and seeing God like lead them out uh, of Egypt and seeing all these great works, seeing the Red Sea part, seeing the miracles of, of the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night and saw God provide for them and saw water come out of a rock and saw all these great miracles. But yet they get into the promised land and they forgot God. Maybe they didn't forget him, but they say, you know what, God? You know, it's been great. I appreciate all the miracles and you getting me out of this land of slavery. But now guess where I'm at? Like, I'm doing pretty good now. So you can just kind of rest because we'd really like a man to follow. (laughs) Right? So like, we need a king. We need a king that we can see. We need a king that we can touch. And it's like, God's not a God far off that you can't see him and you can't touch him. He was right there with them the entire time. But you know what they're telling God? It's like, God, you ain't good enough. God, you ain't enough. He's a God of more than enough. And they're sitting there saying, you ain't enough, God. So they asked him. They said, said, we want a king. And so God's got a sense of humor, right? Because he gives them this king. His name's Saul. Saul's big, tall, handsome. You know, he walks in and you think, that's a king. Looked a lot like me, <laughs> right? And so he walks out and, and he's, he's like, that's got to be the king. That's got to be the guy we're following. But when they found Saul, he was trying to find his uncle's donkeys. And when he found out he was going to be a king, do you know what he did? He went and hid. But you know what he hid behind? His own baggage. He hid behind his own baggage. Just a man who looked on the outside like he was everything that you would ever want. But on the inside, he was carrying so much baggage and so much hurt and wasn't nearly a good enough replacement for a man, let alone for God. But that's what they wanted. And so do you know what Saul's name means? He's like, here, here's your king. His name is Saul. In Hebrew, Saul means asked for. He's like, you ask for it, I'm going to give it to you. You, you want to, to walk 
in, in, in your own understanding. The Bible says, says, trust in the Lord with all your brain, with, with all your logic, with all your education. No, he says, trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, right? What's he saying? You might look at something. You might be trying to figure things out. You might be saying, God, I need, I need a miracle in this part of my life, or I need, I need to see you in this part of my life, and, but I can only see that I can do this and this and this. And God's saying, are you alone? Are you by yourself? Am I not still the God who said, let there be light, and there was before there was even a sun? Are you alone? Are you unimportant? Are you not, not worth anything? He's still the king of the universe. He's like, don't lean just on your own understanding because he's still Jehovah Jireh. He's still the God who provides. He's still the God who brings out a slavery. He's still the God who parts the Red Sea and brings you out with all the silver and with all the gold and brings you into the promised land. And sometimes you can't see it in the physical. But he's like, don't just look at what you can see. Look again. There's this dude in the Bible who's one of the great prophets. And he was surrounded. Him and his servant were surrounded by the enemy. And they're all around him. And they're getting ready to arrest him. And, and the servant's getting really upset. And he, he's like, like, what do we do? What do we do? And he, he's like, why are you worried? He's like, there's more with us than they are with him. And he says, I need to go look again. So he walks out and looks, and he's like, yep, we're surrounded. We're in trouble. Like, not just, like, surrounded by, by, you know, 30, 40 men, by armies for two dudes, right? And you know what the prophet tells him? He comes back and says, dude, we're surrounded. Like, I don't know what you're smoking or drinking or what they put in your food, but I'm telling you, guess what? We are surrounded. He goes, you need to go look again. You know what he was telling him? You need to go look, but not see through your eyes, but see through God's eyes. What is God saying about this situation? What is God telling you about this? It's hard to trust God sometimes, right? When we trust on what we see, right? There's this dude in the Bible, his name's Abraham. Anybody ever hear Abraham? <laughs> Abraham, God said, you know what, Abraham? I want you to get up and I want you to go. And I want you to go to a land that I have not told you. And you know what Abraham said? He said, man, I'm going to check my map, get my GPS out, and then figure out where I'm going and then I'm going to go. Do you know what Abraham did? He got up and he went and he followed God. He did not know how God was going to do it, but he knew he would. He trusted him with everything that was in him. Not trusting him on what he could see, but trusting God on what God said. That's what I love about the word of God is all those promises in him are maybe. Or if you do everything perfect, he'll give it to you. If you pray enough or fast enough, I used to pray and fast all the time until I realized I was just complaining and starving. <laughs> right? No. You know what he does? Is he gives us 
He's like, I don't want you looking at just what you can see. Pastor George, you're going into new new season. Don't trust what your eyes see alone. See through God's eyes. And he'll do things greater than you ever dream. Same for you, Pastor Philip, as you step into this new season. Trust God. Same for every one of us. When we step, don't just look through your eyes, but trust God. Trust what he's saying to you. All his promises are yes and amen. So are we going to agree with what we see or are we going to agree with what God says? We get a choice. He says, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You know what? You get to choose. That's what separates us and makes us like God is we get free will and we get choice. You get to choose. Are you going to choose life? Or are you going to choose death? Are you going to choose walk in your opinions and your ways? Or are you going to trust God's ways and what God does? So here Abraham is, and I, I love Abraham, because he's waited. He's followed God, goes to the promised land. He's waited all these years for a son. He messes it up a little bit. He actually gave his wife away twice. How many of us would have, most of us married guys would have survived that? Not even once. <laughs> right? And you know what God did? He blessed him in the midst of it. Then he messes up and they're like, you know what? We have this promise from God, so we're going to do it ourselves. And so they get Ishmael out of it and it turns into a mess, right? And God still blessed Ishmael and Hagar and still blessed Abraham and Sarah in spite of their mistake because it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance, right? And so here he is, and God finally shows up, and he says, Abraham, his name was Abram. He said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham, father of many nations. He said, I want you to look at the stars, right? Look at the stars, and then look at the sand. As much as they are, so will your seed be. Listen, this dude's old, man. He's old. And he's like, man, can a guy my age, like he's almost 100 years old. When, he was 100 years old when, when, when Isaac was born. But he's sitting there and God's giving him something to look at that's bigger than himself. Something that God made. Something that God did. And he's saying, look at the stars. Don't focus on you. Focus on me and what I did. I made every one of those stars and they go farther than you can even see. In fact, the universe is so big, it's expanding exponentially right now. And so is the seed of Abraham. He's like, look at the sand. Now, the sand wouldn't be too good here. Like, you look at sand, you're going to have to go a long ways to look for sand. And you're like, yeah, well, that's not a very good promise, God. But they're in Israel, man. They're in the desert. Everywhere you walked, there was sand. Like, when he was down, all he had to do was look down and say, oh, God said that, you know what? That my seed would be just like the sand. And he was down, and then he'd get his head up and say, Thank you, Father. And he'd look up, and he could see the stars. The only time he had a problem was when he figured, You know what, God, you gave me this promise, so I'm going to fulfill this promise in my own strength and my own power. You can try. You're going to get tired. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get worn out. It's not going to work out too good for you. 
So Abraham here, he gets a hold of this. And after a while, he trusts God because God delivered him a son. Like when he told him he was going to give him a son, he laughed. And God's got another sense of humor. Do you know what he named Isaac? Isaac means laughter. Right? The Bible's plain. The Torah, the writings, the Old Testament's really easy because God's like giving us clues all over the place. When you see Jesus, his name is salvation. Yeshua means I am salvation. He steps into your life and he says, hey, I am salvation. Who are you? I am salvation. So much so when the soldiers went to arrest him, a full army of them went to arrest him and they said, are you? I am salvation. He says, I am. And they all fell out as if they were dead. He had to wait for them to get up so they could arrest him. God doesn't hide anything. In fact, he, he tells you, and you can see it in names, and you can see it in, in who he is. And so here he is, he's got Isaac, and he's, and he's finally got this promise. And, and it, it says this, I'm going to read in Genesis chapter 22. You're like, finally he's going to read the Bible. I do every once in a while, just because they make me. It says, Genesis 22, this is after he's already had great victories. Ishmael sent away. And now he's got this son, his only son, the son whom he loves. God calls him his only son. He didn't have his only son. He had Ishmael too, but Ishmael wasn't the son of the promise. And God's not just talking about Isaac here. He says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. I love that because you know God's name, Yahweh, Yudei Vave, is I am, that I am. And I love that because he said, here I am. Did he say, here I am? Or did he say, here I am? Either way, you break it down, he's still saying, here I am. He's like, I put my trust in you. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. You don't have to wait for a rapture. You don't have to wait till you die to have a relationship with God. He's here right now. He's a great I am, not the great I was or I'm going to be. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go get him an ice cream cone. (laughs) Go have a party. No. Listen to this. You want to talk about, hey, you know, take your son. Take that promise like you waited all these years. You trust me to go through this place you never seen. Take your son, your only son, this promise I gave you, and I want you to sacrifice him up on the mountain. You know what I'd have been? Whew, that was bad pizza last night. I'm hearing things. Not sure that can happen. It says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Again, God's guiding him in this. He's saying, I got a plan here. 
And so Abraham, it says Abraham argued with him for three days. No. He went and talked to three rabbis, a priest and a preacher. He found a pastor. No. It doesn't even say Abraham responded in words. It says this. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. What happened to Abraham, a guy who went from trying to save himself in the midst of a drought, a guy who gave his wife away twice to save his own life, a guy who, who, who tried to make his own kid on his own terms when God gave him a promise? What happened to Abraham that he went from a place where he thought that he could trust God, but he still had to help God out, to just trusting God completely. So much so that he didn't even say a word. He heard God and then he says he just got up and went. He said he got up early, early. He didn't even waste his time. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Whew. Here he is. He's getting up. He's saddling his donkey. And he's getting ready to go up the mountain. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. He's like, God didn't even give him the wood. He had to go chop wood. Where are you chopping wood? We're going to burn an offering. Well, who is offering? You're it, bud. That makes you want to go up too. Man, can you imagine... Abraham just did it. There's no hesitation. There's no pause. It says he just got up, chopped the wood, saddled his donkey, got his servants that he needed, and then he's off. He said, he said um, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. Listen to his words. Listen again. Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We. Listen. Time out. Didn't God say, you know what? Take your son your only son, the son whom you loved, and I want you to take him up to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. Like, that's not something like I'd be thinking. Come on. Am I the only one that thinks like that? He's like, I want you to take him. I want you to sacrifice him. He gets up, he goes. He had so much faith in God. I believe that he believed if God had, if he had to kill him, God would resurrect him because God is not slack concerning his promises. You may be here and you may be discouraged and you may have lost hope and you may have lost heart and you might say, God, you promised this and you promised that and God's saying, I did not forget you. I am a God who keeps my promises and every one of them is yes and amen. Can you trust me when you can't see the way things are going the way you want them to be? 
Can you trust me when everything around you is breaking and falling apart? Can you trust me and take me at my word if I say lay this down? Will you trust me enough to realize that if I gave you the promise, I can bring it back to life? Will you trust me? That's what he's saying. Abraham believed God. And the Bible says he credited to him, credited to him as righteousness. He believed he was a God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. You know what he's really doing? He's just calling things as they is. Because when God says it, that's how it is. He says, we will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for his burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. Man, can you see that picture? And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up. Like he's starting to get a little nervous now. It's like, dude, you got the knife and you've got, got the wood on top of me, but I didn't see a sacrifice coming up here with me. This might not be so good. What are you thinking? Where's the sacrifice coming? Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, <laughs> he said, Abba, Abba, yes, my son, Abraham replied. Now, here's some really cool culture stuff going on here. Because in the Jewish culture, when, when you, you have your bar mitzvah when you're, you're around 13. And so, when you come of age and you become a son then, right? As you become a son, it's the bar, Right? Really, it's kind of set in the bar. But when you become a son, you become equal in the eyes of everyone else with your father. Now think about that. So, so here, Abraham's calling him son. And he's calling him Abba. He's not just saying that coincidentally. There's something going on here. He's saying, you are my son. You are a son. You are my future. You are my hope. He said, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here. Like we're missing something, Dad. Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Where is the lamb? Where where is he? Where's the sacrifice? Where's the hope? Where is the lamb for the burnt offering. And Abraham answered, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached, you know what? He had to, he had to trust his dad. Abraham was trusting God and he was trusting his dad. When you trust God, you've got a whole lot of other people who are going to trust you too. We're called to be leaders. We're, we're called to live in Him. And when you live in Him, people are going to follow you naturally. You don't have to make them. If you're having to make people follow you, you're not, you're not a leader. You're a dictator. 
And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Time out. Like, if you're Isaac, what are you thinking? Okay, Dad said that God would provide. Uh, we got the fire. We got the wood. He built the altar, and now he's tying me to this altar. Did God provide me? Am I the sacrifice? Uh, I'm out of here, bud. That's what I'd have been. I'd have left. I'd have been out of there. But Isaac trusted his father as much as God, as Abraham trusted God. Do you trust God? Do we really trust him? Or is it just lip service? Because the proof's not in what we say. The proof's in what we do. He trusted his father. And when they had reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Man, time out again. What is Isaac thinking? Can you imagine being Isaac, let alone being Abraham? Abraham had so much faith in God. He's like, I got this. I know. I trust you. I don't know how. See, we get hung up on the word how. And God says, it's none of your business on how I do it. It's just a matter of, did I do it? Right? Am I going to believe you when it happens? Faith isn't seeing. Faith is believing. I believe. Believing so much that you say, you know what? I'm just going to live right here in the end. That's what salvation's about. It's like, I trust you so much that, that I'm going to rest in your righteousness and not try to work for it through it. And when you rest in his righteousness, then his righteousness works through you. Salvation works. And so here he is. He's getting ready to slay him. Now, do you see a picture here? Here's the son, the only son. The son whom his father loves. And he puts wood on his back. And he sends him up a mountain as a sacrifice. Does that sound like any other picture we see in the Bible? You ever read the New Testament? Where God sent his only son, the son whom he loved, to die for me, and for you. This is a prophecy. This is a story. This isn't about Abraham and Isaac. This is about Yahweh and Yeshua. This is about the great I Am and, and His Son. This is about what God's wanting to do in and through each and every one of our lives. And He's saying this thousands of years before Jesus even comes on the scene. Multiple thousands of years before we come on the scene, God made a provision and he made it in Jesus. And it's more than enough. 
And when they had reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. When God told him to go, he said, here I am. When God said, Abraham, hold on, bud. You know what he said? Here I am. What are you saying? What is God talking to you? What is God calling you to? Where is God, God speaking to your heart? And what are you saying? Well, how could I do that? How could that happen? How would that work out? Or are you saying, here I am. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it, but I know that your promises are yes and amen. Here I am. I'm yours. Here I am. I trust you. You're still the king of the universe. You're still the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were, which really makes them as they really are. Because when he says, let there be... There is. And it's impossible for God to lie. He says, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not well withheld from me your son, your only son. I don't think God knew this outcome before it happened maybe it was more to show Abraham maybe it was more to show us that he's God that he's still the king of the universe and Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. You know, um, we're coming into the, the Hebrew seasons, and so the, the pointed times that we just entered the month of Elul. And Elul's a whole month that goes up before Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah, as they call it, also the Feast of the Trumpets, and then You have a a time period in there, and then it goes to Yom Kippur, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. And but when you see when you see Elul, you see it's about I'm my beloved's, and He is mine. God gives you a full thirty days to celebrate in His love, and that you're His before they have Rosh Hashanah, and before they have Yom Kippur. It's God's goodness that leads us to repentance. It's God's goodness that leads us to life. A full month. And then they come into Rosh Hashanah, and it's the Feast of the Trumpets. And do you know what a trumpet is um, for, for the Jewish people? It's called a shofar. Do you know where a shofar comes from? A ram's horn. Do you know where it comes from? From right here. Every time a Jew hears the ram's horn blow, they hear the shofar. Do you know what they're hearing? 
they're hearing this. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. It's a sound of provision. It's a sound of freedom. It's a sound of life. Can you imagine that? We're getting ready to hear that blown a lot here lately. I hear the sound of freedom. Just like like it was Elijah or Elisha here. It said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. You might not be able to see it, may not be able to touch it, you may not be able to even smell it. But God says, guess what? I am sending the rain. Maybe you're thirsty. Maybe you're dry. Maybe you feel like you don't got a lot of hope. God says, I'm sending the rain. Maybe you're going somewhere where it's really, really hot and it don't rain very much. Pastor George. God says, I'm sending the rain with you. Watch what I will do. Up here, we're praying that the rain holds off just a little bit. But I'm talking about a different rain. My question to you, will you trust him? Do you trust God? Getting ready to go through some changes. Right? Pastor George, we hate to see you go. It's bittersweet. Right? But I'm thankful for you. And for what you what God's done through you. But I'm also excited to see what God's gonna do in your life there. And with Pastor Philip, with with you here, God's not done, man. He's just getting started. And I want to challenge you. Are you here? Are you trusting God? Are you saying, here I am. I'm here for you. I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to do what you've called me to do. You get that choice. Amen? So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your provision of Jesus and and the finished work. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, it's real simple. All you got to do is say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I accept you as my Savior. And your life will never be the same, I promise you. If you're struggling with some stuff, maybe you're going through some stuff, I'm telling you that he's the God of hope. He's a God of life. And he's got a plan in spite of everything going on. Just trust him. So, Father, thank you for that. Breathe life into your people. Say, hey. We just say, hey, live. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we bless Silver Lake. And we bless Nama. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.